0: Thank you very much, David, and now everyone, it is time for our study of God's Word, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up at this time to Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. So we're continuing our journey through the epic book of Exodus, and we've been taking our time as we reach the Ten Commandments, and we're looking at one commandment each week, and today we arrive at the seventh Commandment. So we're just looking at one verse today, Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. We're going to read it, we will pray, and we will get into our study this morning. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. This is God's word. You shall not commit adultery. That's God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and we thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us, Lord. We live in such an incredible, challenging time. And Lord, I believe that as many people are searching high and low for spiritual direction, we believe that that direction must come from your holy word. And so, Lord, this morning, it's my prayer that you would give direction to your people, that you would point your people to yourself, that you would supply us with spiritual resources to live our lives in such a way that we bring glory to your name and we bless the people around us. Lord, I just ask that we would have open hearts and open minds to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to the church today. We ask for your help now, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't think I have to give too many examples to prove the point that we are living through a time of tremendous social upheaval. Many things that have been long held and valued in Western culture are being deconstructed, redefined, and in some cases, totally destroyed. Now, I'm not one of these people that can't see that there's anything good going on. I do think that by the grace of God, there are areas for improvement, and that should be obvious because things were not perfect before. We had not arrived at a utopia, even if we would want to affirm that we think things were good or better than they are now, yet I don't think any of us, if we're thinking critically, would point to some time in the past and say, There was no sin, there were no problems in society. There certainly were. So there are, by the grace of God, some ways in which I think we can see some improvement. However, I also think there are some very, very significant monumental ways in which our culture is going wrong. And one of the ways that I believe our culture is going wrong at this moment is in the area of adultery adultery, the violation of marriage is growing in prevalence, but one of the things that's actually very fascinating, just from a cultural perspective, is that while many sins out there have come to be seen as not sins anymore, so past sins are in many ways being viewed as not being sin anymore, things that were wrong are considered right, here's something that's very interesting adultery is still viewed by the majority as morally wrong and yet it is increasing anyway I find that fascinating because normally normally the trend is if a sin is going to increase and pervade people want to say that the sin is not a sin that is largely not the case with adultery Most people still view it as wrong, and yet it's increasing anyway. So what is going on, and what does the Bible have to say? Well, I'd like to begin by reading just an excerpt from a report done by Yale University. Yale did a study on the practice of adultery in culture, and they had some very, very interesting insights, and I think stern warnings for us today. So please listen to this. The study says, quote, Throughout history, especially in traditional and religious communities, marriage and the sexual behavior of men and women were proscribed within culturally acceptable norms and rules of behavior. Modern lifestyles are eroding those customs. In particular, technology, the Internet, mobile phone messaging and cameras, Social networking and pornographic websites allows people to observe one another and interact, often clandestinely, more than ever before. One study reported on how social networks encourage users to connect with new people and reconnect with old partners, which in turn facilitates adultery. Extramarital dating and adultery websites have proliferated worldwide. Listen to this. One website reports more than 30 million users in more than 15 countries. That's a website that helps people to plan clandestine affairs. Such websites permit individuals to meet online, browse profile photos, list interests, specify desired characteristics, and check potential partners in advance before identifying discrete locations for a meeting. Social networking technology also permits individuals in conservative societies to directly and privately observe new patterns of marital and sexual behavior. Some men and women, especially younger adults, consider trying out the lifestyles of other countries, including sex before marriage, cohabitation, and even adultery. The media's reporting of adultery, particularly in politics, entertainment, and business, has also evolved in recent decades, becoming more frequent and detailed. In the United States, for example, infidelity reported among presidents during the 20th century, including Franklin Roosevelt and John F. Kennedy, emerged after the men had died. Today, newspaper stories, interviews, and photos of officials and celebrities accused of having extramarital affairs are commonplace. Recognizing the changes in marital sexual behavior, the public's interest and financial gains, the movie and entertainment industry have increasingly focused on the issue. Movies such as American Beauty from the United States, China's In the Mood for Love, France's Natalie, and India's Astitva tend to normalize adulterous behavior. Lastly, the institution of marriage and its meaning has changed markedly since the mid-20th century. Marriage is no longer the permanent or sacred institution it was a century ago, with increased incidence of premarital sex, cohabitation, divorce, separation, remarriage, blended families, single parenthood, and individualistic social values and expectations. Most people across the globe continue to regard adultery as morally unacceptable and just plain wrong, yet the widespread disapproval may not be sufficient to alter the growing visibility. In the long term, sexual decisions of individuals may erode moral objections to adultery and social trust end quote. So I find it fascinating that even though adultery is still seen as wrong, it's increasing anyway. Why is that? Why is that happening? And what does the Bible have to say? What I want to do this morning is just dive into a basic study of Of what adultery is and what it means and what makes the Bible's view of adultery different than other religions or even popular culture so number one I want to ask the question what is adultery so the word used here in the Hebrew chapter 20 verse 14 of Exodus is the word na'af na'af is sexual sin specifically designated by marital status. So, na'af, adultery, is sexual sin specifically designated by marital status. In other words, what is being expressly, explicitly forbidden here in the seventh commandment is not all the other kinds of possible sexual sins, although those are outlawed later. Both in the Old Testament and in the New so uh, premarital sex or uh, many other forms of um, sexual immorality they are named later but notice that the one specific prohibition in the Ten Commandments which is foundational to Israel's relationship with God is not all the other ones but it is specifically adultery And this is actually seen in comparison later in the Mosaic Code when you have, for example, the sin of an unmarried man sleeping with an unmarried woman. And it's sin, but you'll notice the penalty is different. The penalty for adultery under the Mosaic Code was death. Whereas when an unmarried man slept with an unmarried or unbetrothed woman, there was a penalty. He would pay a fine or he would have to marry the woman, which was, of course, designed to protect the woman because in that honor and shame culture, that could ruin that young woman's prospects for any future life at all in the community so the penalty assigned to adultery and the penalties assigned to other forms make it unique it is different so that's what adultery is specifically it is the violation of the marriage covenant through sexual relations as such adultery has been seen to be wrong throughout the history of the world so this is an interesting point this is not the prohibition of adultery is not uniquely Christian it's not uniquely Jewish virtually every culture in the history of the world has seen adultery as wrong now the basic reason for that is because throughout history and again things are changing but throughout history people have seen the family as the building block of society They've seen it as the amino acid, the basic building block of society. And so detached from one's feelings about it, right? Because in our society, we judge a lot of morality based on how we feel. If you have a, a response of disgust towards something, you say, oh, well, that's, that's morally wrong. And if you don't have a feeling of disgust towards something, then it's morally wrong permissible Um, but actually I think people throughout the world throughout history have acknowledged regardless of your personal feelings on it for example even if you don't have any feelings of disgust towards the practice of adultery per se yet you could even see objectively how adultery destroys the family unit and the family unit is the building block of a society and so if you have widespread adultery all across the board in a culture you will find a completely destabilized culture there won't be much holding it together And so for that basic reason, people throughout the history of the world, through uh, various religions or philosophies or irreligion or whatever it is, even up to modern, Western, skeptical, naturalistic man, still sees adultery as wrong. And I would say this is one of the primary reasons why. It is objectively bad for society. And so, for that reason, regardless of one's feelings, it has been legally prohibited. But let me ask you this: But if adultery is bad for society, and the majority of people still believe it is wrong, then why is it increasing? Why is adultery increasing when the majority still, unlike other forms of sin, Actually, believes it's wrong, and let's take a look at what the Bible says uniquely about adultery. So again, if you just look at the seventh commandment, you just have a a common law that everybody holds. But the Bible goes into deeper reasoning into why it's wrong. In other words, the Bible says adultery is not just wrong because it destabilizes society although that's one of the reasons why it's wrong it's practically wrong but it's more than that number one in the Bible more than being socially and pragmatically uh, difficult adultery is a violation of the image of God adultery is a violation of the image of God Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man, and the word man is Adam, human. So God created man, Adam, in his own image. Male and female, he created them. So in other words, a lot of times we think of Adam as the male's name, but Adam, it also is translated generically as human, or humanity, or humankind, and that's how it's being used here in Genesis one twenty-seven. God created Adam, human. He created human humanity in his own image male and female so notice it's male and female together here that constitute humanity and humanity is made in the image of God in other words marriage in the Bible is rooted into the created order there is a deeper reasoning For believers of the Bible believers in God as to why adultery is wrong it is not just wrong socially it is wrong anthropologically it is sinning against man's nature and man's created order Adam and Eve were created in relationship with one another and it's from their marital union through which Humanity springs. The human family grows and flourishes on the earth. So it is rooted, created by God, and actually woven into the fabric of creation. But more than that, adultery is a picture of ultimate sin against God. I told you the Hebrew word used here in Exodus twenty fourteen is the word na'af. Now, interestingly, if you do a word study on na'af in the Old Testament, you will see that one-third of the time it is used, it is not used in relationship to human sexual acts of adultery, but rather against spiritual adultery against God. In other words, if you go back to the first two commandments of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me, you shall make no graven images for yourselves to bow down to them. In other words, that is spiritual adultery. Physical, sexual adultery amongst human beings is a symptom and picture of something that is greater and preceded it. And that is ultimately spiritual adultery. God in the Bible is a covenant God who enters into covenantal union with his people. I shared earlier when we began this series on the Ten Commandments that the ceremony at Sinai was a wedding ceremony. God is marrying Israel. He is wooing his bride to himself. His wedding gift was saving her out of bondage and bringing her to himself. And then as Israel agrees to the stipulations of the covenant, what they are doing is saying their I do's at the wedding altar. Just as I, when I do a perform a wedding for a couple, one of the vows that they always say is forsaking all others that is foundational to marriage and it's foundational to a relationship with God. Marriage, human marriage speaks of something greater than itself. Human marriage is not ultimate. God and his relationship to his people is what is ultimate. So as much as Bible-believing Christians want to affirm uh, human marriage, and we think it's important. Yes, we must not make an idol out of it, because it is not an ultimate thing. It points to something else, and that is ultimate. And that is God's relationship with his people. Again, as important as marriage is here in this world and in this life, the Bible actually tells us that in the new heavens and the new earth, there will be no more marriage. We will neither marry nor be given in marriage, but will be like the angels. In other words, human marriage, though important, though it has practical implications for society and its stability, and though ultimately the violation of it is a violation of the created order as we know it and causes all kinds of problems, yet ultimately it is not something in and of itself, but rather it's what it points to. It is God's relationship with his people. And so I believe that deep, deep down in the heart and the soul of sinful fallen man, As darkened as the mind can be, as darkened as a culture can be, as numb as the conscience can be, I believe one of the reasons in these polls we are seeing that even though adultery is increasing, yet people still know it's wrong. It's because it is deeply rooted in us by virtue of our creator. We know deep down it is wrong because there is something transcendent about it. There is something ultimate about it and the Bible says yes and here's what that is it is God's relationship to his people so the Bible says the reason adultery is increasing while being viewed as wrong by the majority is because the picture of marriage is being removed from its substance which is the picture of God's marriage to his people. In other words, friends, if we want to save the family, if we want to save marriages, we don't just simply hammer home the point that you ought to do it and there's practical implications and if you do it, it, it destabilizes society. Friends, that's not enough. And we know that because people already know it's wrong and it's not enough. So, what do we do? What do we do if it's becoming more rampant and it does cause practical problems, yet people, they still admit that it's wrong, and yet that is not enough. I believe ultimately, if we see what the real cause of adultery is, then that points us to the ultimate solution. The Bible declares that while not all people Will commit the act of physical sexual adultery yet all human beings are spiritually adulterous against God in other words adultery begins in the heart listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 I say to you if anyone looks at a man or a woman with lust they have already committed adultery in their hearts notice what jesus did he went beyond merely pragmatic merely social merely outward but he went within the heart and he says look the problem with adultery begins in the heart and there are many people who will never actually physically commit the act of adultery and yet in their hearts Even with regarding their human spouses, they have committed adultery already. Thus, we need an ultimate solution that changes the human heart. Friends, that's how deep the problem is. It's more than a social problem. It is a heart problem. It is a spiritual problem. And this is what God is doing for us in the gospel of Jesus Christ listen to how the apostle paul uses human marriage to point us back to what is ultimate and that is jesus christ he does this in ephesians chapter 6 or excuse me ephesians chapter 5 verses 21 through 32 listen to this wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And listen to this. Husbands, love your own wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he, Christ, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Notice that the covenantal union with Christ is a cleansing union. It changes you. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Notice that human marriage is temporary. It is a parable. It is meant to point us back to what is ultimate, and that is Christ and his covenant love for his people. And so friends, if we want to see the the practice of adultery eradicated if we want to see society stabilized and and families held together friends we we can't just moralize upon people saying you really shouldn't do this it's not practical we must point to what it ultimately represents and when we do that we also devastate pride because people who say, oh, well, I would never do that, or I've never. And yet the Bible says if you've even sinned in your heart, if you've lusted in your heart, you've committed adultery. If you've ever been unfaithful to God, you've committed adultery. And ultimately, the true hero, the better spouse, the faithful spouse is Jesus Christ. So the Bible teaches that ultimately adultery is a symptom, but the disease is. Is sin the cure is Jesus Christ who was fully faithful to God in our place and by believing on him we are forgiven our spiritual adultery and grafted into Christ who causes us to become who were formerly spiritually adulterous into covenant faithful people both to God And to others so let us look to Jesus today the true and faithful spouse and let us model the faithfulness of God to us in Christ to our spouses to our children to our church to our family and to the watching world around us let's pray Heavenly Father we come before you this morning And we want to confess that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Lord, even for those of us who have never committed adultery with regarding people in this world. And yet, Lord, we can confess that spiritually we have not been always faithful to you. Lord, that too much we have Ignored what you've said. We've done what we wanted to do. We've lived for things Created rather than you the creator and if such is the case, then we are spiritually adulterous But Lord we thank you that Jesus came and he fulfilled all of the law of God. He was faithful on our behalf and that by believing in him through the Holy Spirit We received the faithfulness of Christ to cause us to become faithful men and women Lord, I just pray that we would draw off of your faithfulness and that we would model that faithfulness to the world, that we might live to see the world around us changed. And more than that, that people would look in and see that there is something greater than simply our faithfulness to other people, but rather through our lives, they would see the faithfulness of God through Jesus Christ. We just ask that you do this work In your people today it's in Jesus name we pray amen if you want to continue this morning's time of worship with tithes and offerings there are two ways that you can do that first of all you can go on to our church website which is imagechurchoc.com and there's a giving tab at the top and you can click there and you can give either using your debit card or your credit card you can also mail a check or money order to our mailing address which is 27762, Antonio Parkway, L is in Larry, 514, and that's Ladera Ranch, California, 92694. Again, we have various ministries going on throughout the week, six different prayer meetings, Wednesday night, midweek Bible study, men's group, women's group, and an upcoming gathering in person as well. So if you would like information on any of that, then send us an email to information at imagechurchoc.com. As as well, if you have any prayer requests, you can send those also to information at imagechurchoc.com. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for joining with me today. Let me just close in this prayer of blessing. Now, may the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you so much, everybody. Encourage you all to like, share this post. Let's get the word of God out, and I pray you all have a blessed rest of your day.